In a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Top 10 Show. I am John Roca. And I am Matt Nost. We're excited to be here another week of doing the Top 10 Show with you and for you. I uh, hope everybody out there is staying safe and staying healthy, getting that vaccine, staying six feet apart, wearing your mask, doing all the stuff you should be. John, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. I agree with you. Please take care of yourselves, people. Make sure you practice that social distance, wear the mask. The, the cases are going up here in San Diego. Even the cases are going up. I thought we were safe. We are not safe. The cases are going up here as well. So uh, just reading about it this morning. But, of course, it's going up in the unvaccinated in like 10 times the numbers that you get from people who are vaccinated. So, I mean, if the numbers mean if you're vaccinated, you're not get you're less likely to get it. Why the fuck wouldn't you get vaccinated? It's just it's just crazy to me. Um, so whatever. I mean, I, it's just nuts to see how many people are willing to put their lives at risk for this just to kind of you know make a point i just don't get it at all man so hopefully you all are staying safe and all none of you have caught this thing uh as we're recording this um uh, we were supposed to have a emma fife uh join us for a review we're doing uh on another show on my channel and she uh has covid so oh, she has shit. mild symptoms right now but uh, she put a video out and it just was like uh, heartbreaking to watch this morning so she, yeah it's just a shame it's a fucking shame so yeah, yeah, I hadn't uh, uh, hadn't seen that and really been on except for two seconds on Twitter this morning. So yeah, yeah. Hopefully she's doing okay. Um, she says it's mild right now, but hopefully it doesn't get any further than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't. I think the vast majority of those individuals, there is no convincing at this point. Mm. It doesn't really matter. So it's a, shame. It's a fucking. It shame. is. It is. <clears throat> uh, anyway, but we're a movie show. We are a movie show. <laughs> It did drop me down into the. Uh, it's been a while since I've talked about this because it's a lot of discussion over the past. Um, you know, whatever mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. It does yeah. it. Do you think matter. we're well? Do you think we're headed to back to a shutdown? Do you think we're on our way? Who knows? I have no yeah, idea. it's crazy. It's crazy. Anyway, we're we're talking movies, TV here. We're gonna we're counting down today the uh, top ten scariest villains. In horror films, yeah, in honor of Candyman coming out. Candyman! Um, it's only 90 minutes, Matt, uh, from director Nia DaCosta, Jordan Peele, um, producing this with Yahya Abdul-Mateen II in it, Tony Todd coming back in it. So are you a Candyman person? Were you a fan of the original, or it's not really your cup of tea when it comes to horror? Uh, I mean, I was the roughly the prime age of who they're directing it to when it came out. I saw it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I remember watching it in uh, my friend Jeremy's basement. Like we went and rented the video, went back to his place, and it was like four or five of us, and we watched Candyman one weekend afternoon type of thing. We rented mm -hmm, a couple mm -hmm. different movies. Right. Uh, as far as like the the horror genre that came up, I, I I didn't mind it. It was at least a unique and interesting premise. Yes, uh, but I was never drawn to it. I, although I didn't think it was by far the worst that I had seen from horror. Right. 
Um, so it was, it was at least enjoyable to me, but I have not watched it since, what would that be like 1994, 1993? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's been a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say it came out in the 90, 91 to 93 range. Let's see. Candyman. 92. Yeah. 92. 92 was the first okay. one. Yeah. 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 yeah so point. it might be since 93 or four that I saw it then. Right. But I have seen it a couple of times. Have you seen it since? No, no. It's not really one that kind of appeals to me that much, but certainly one that I know it is a legendary film for a lot of people. So um, because of the just the whole story. And it was one that kind of was unique in that it was a dude who was I think it was a slave and he was um, killed yeah. in this way by a bunch of white people. And so he's now um, administering horror and coming back and doing uh, yeah. all this, all this stuff to other people. So, yeah. So I wonder because Jordan Peele has had these two films that are very socially conscious films. I wonder how much of that original story of Candyman is going to have a new approach to it in terms of race, in terms of the history um, and all of that in this version especially when you're bringing back tony todd to reprise the role you know so, interesting. spoilers i <laughs> know it's in the it's in the fucking trail dude uh, uh sorry guy sorry, oh guy. man i was so looking forward to seeing this opening <laughs> night that you know what's crazy been, matt? you know go ahead matt you know what's crazy the guy who directed this film Candyman, the original directed immortal beloved it's the same fucking guy <laughs> i didn't even know that I was today years old when I found that out. I couldn't well, believe. it's like uh, you know, Raimi with Dark Man. Yeah, but what's his cla- what's a film about a, a you know a, a classical film composer that he's ever directed? Like all of Raimi's stuff has a weird kind That's of Dutch true. angle to that it. That was the first thing I could come up with, and as soon as you pointed out the glaring flaw in it, I realized how piss poor an argument it was. <laughs> but I'm trying to think of somebody that became something later on when they did yeah. like a, just these. What seemingly, when you look back over the the landscape of their career, a one off. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't but, know. Yeah, you're right. Who? I'm sure there's somebody else out there. Yeah, exactly. But because he, he did the Candyman, then he did these two videos called Inside. I don't know what those are, and then then he does Immortal Beloved and Anna Karenina back to back. So, I don't know. Maybe is Candyman a better film than I give it uh, credit for? Maybe I should go back and rewatch this thing. I don't know. You're asking the wrong person because once yeah, again, I have sure. not seen this since '93 or '94. So <laughs> you're relying on someone's memory from what is at this point 28 years or 27 years, <laughs> which seems crazy to me that it's been that long. I know, right? It's kind of nuts. Uh, yeah at least for these eyes. But yeah, I don't think I've seen it since it, when they announced it, I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, you're, you're taking a character that not as many people know and trying to resurrect it as opposed to let's do Friday the 13th again, which I actually kind of liked their interpretation of it. I think the movies, whatever. Yeah. But it was like, Oh, that's, they're at least trying to do something interesting with it as opposed to the Rob zombie Halloween films. Like that origin story on Mike Myers all over again was, I don't understand. Do you like this character? <laughs> like, why did you make this movie? Um, I didn't yeah. enjoy it, but I'm also not as steeped in the, uh, all the different films yeah, as others maybe. So maybe they thought it was uh, amazing, but I, I like that. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, okay. That's interesting. And another 
at what point though does he Shyamalan himself and he's only expected to make these types yeah. of movies? Yeah. I don't know. I, that's a good question. Um, because he's only focused on this genre for the last three. Well, he didn't direct this movie, right? He produced it, produced but he also it. produced the Twilight Zone stuff. So he's very much in the horror genre now. And is he Invisible Man as well producing? Oh, yeah. I think he did produce Invisible Man. Hold I on. mean, it's, a, it's either him or Blumhouse. I know Lee Winnell. Oh, it was Blumhouse who did Invisible Man for sure. I okay. know that for sure. Let's see here. If it if Jordan had anything to do with it, I thought he was associated with it. In my head is, but maybe not. Uh, let's see, producers: Jason Bloom, Lee Winnell. I do. Yeah, I don't see. Okay. Um, yeah, All I right. don't see him in it. Well, maybe it was just a general discussion of how the between Bloomhouse and Jordan Peele, they're kind of elevating yeah. the genre. Mm-hmm. And that was the discussion at the time, which I, I think is kind of true. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I went to the IMDb for this film and it suggests other films and they are us and get out. So certainly they feel like they're in the same yeah. ballpark or same uh, type of approach it, to horror. Yeah. For those out there now, uh, by elevating, I, at least I mean, getting it up to a level that I would see because I don't go see horror films. So it percolates up to those that don't follow the genre. Yeah. Right. Are going, Oh, Hey, they make something that you may enjoy. Um, but anyway, yeah, neither here nor there. (laughs) Have you Uh, seen an early version? No, I haven't seen anything. I, I did a, um, I've been doing, I, I work with crypt TV and I do the voiceover for all their like social videos for the horror type stuff. Okay. So um, I just recorded two or three for their channel. They usually usually use one or two of them um, for Candyman. So I got to see some clips, some early clips of some of the scenes okay. that they're going to be using for the the promotion. And I don't think, and there have been a number of those scenes that are not in the trailers. So there's a little bit more here uh, in the Yahya Abdul-Mateen, the second uh, uh, character that people are going to be kind of blown away by and what he, what happens to his mind as he kind of goes deeper into this Candyman hole. I don't think it's just going to be like, you know, saying it five times and he appears and it's crazy horror. I think it's going to be like super bone deep into like what horror actually is. Yeah, where it stems from. Right, exactly. All of that. So, because he's an artist um, and all of this. So, yeah. So, I'm curious. I'm definitely curious. No early reviews as of right now. No, no. And I don't know if I've got a link lined up or not or something. Oh, yeah. No, I do have a link lined up for the 27th. So, um, because down here in San Diego, they were going to have a screening, but it's fans and press. And I went to one of those screenings for um, Snake Eyes. That's not for me. Too many people in the theater. So um, I told them I'd rather go to only press or get the links because I don't want to catch this thing, man. Although I don't do you kind of want to meet like there's got to be maybe one in there that is genuinely a true diehard candy man. It's their favorite movie and they've watched it. They don't even know how many times because <laughs> other genres, whatnot, it makes more sense. Snake eyes. There was a toy line. There was a cartoon. There could be grown men that have been playing with this character for whereas candy man was like, this is a small horror film. Yeah. The true, true, genuine diehards. I'm sure there's quite a few that are fans of the movie. Right, like, right. 
who are willing to die on that mountain die hard. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you. If you got a link, that seems like a linkable movie. Yeah. Like it's 90 minutes. Yeah. I can certainly watch it in my, in my house and, and enjoy it. Um, I did get a chance to see flag day and reminiscence, which are coming out. Do not see flag day. I don't. Hey, reminiscence <sighs> isn't tracking well. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's reminiscence is not a bad movie. Here's what I'll say. It's an okay movie. Um, and the chemistry of Hugh Jackman and Rebecca Ferguson, just like it did in Greatest Showman, it works. Okay. The problem with the movie is it's derivative. It as soon as it starts, you're like Inception. As soon as it starts from the visuals, and then um, it feels like Deja Vu and Swordfish and Dark City and all these other sci-fi films that were original when you first saw them. And it feels like this film borrows a little bit from that, but it doesn't have like a uniqueness or an ingenuity to it that is enough to keep you like thinking this is a great film or a good film. It's an okay film. Certainly not bad. Well, it's just in the one sentence critic synopsis that they've accumulated so far on (laughs) Rotten Tomatoes, but where they boil down. Yeah. In one sentence, they do use the word melodramatic. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly that. Literally, Certainly. They, they economy of words. It's a long sentence. There's a comma. It's you know, it's one long graduated thought, but it is just a line and a third. Yeah. And melodramatic. It's one of the few words used to describe the movie. <laughs> I, I think that Sean Penn does a lot of that. Yeah. You know, when you and I both went back in the recent past and watched Mystic River again, I can't believe that he won for that. I can't believe it either, dude. Uh, Honestly, that's so over the top. That my daughter in there? Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't know why they let him direct so much. I mean, he's had maybe one good film out of five or six overall. He is who he is. I guess, yeah. He's been the next best thing for 40 years. It's really interesting because, look, I don't, I like Sean Penn as an actor like fucking crazy. I really do. I love, sure. he's, he's damn good in Flag Day. Like, there are some really good scenes. His daughter is not quite at the level of Sean Penn, and it's his actual daughter in the movie, plays his daughter in the movie. Um, so Sean is really is out acting her. Doing the yeoman's work? Um, I mean, kind of, yeah. I mean, she's she's not bad. Like I said, she's not bad in the movie. There are some good moments, but, man, Sean's the one that just – there's just a difference. You can see the difference. He's magnetic when he's doing the shit that he's doing. And so um, – and he's directing this film. He directed her in this film. But, yeah, Into the Wild, I think, is the only film of his that I've ever liked. I thought The Pledge was okay. Crossing Guard's okay. Indian Runner is fine. I think when you go back and watch Indian Runner, it doesn't hold up as well as it did when you were knee deep in the indie early nineties type of cinema. Um, but I like Into the Wild. I thought that was a really nice movie he did with um what the fuck's his name? The kid. Into the Wild? Oh, Emil Hirsch. Emil Hirsch, yes. Emil Hirsch does a really nice job with that. Yeah, I never saw it. I read the book. Yeah. I didn't see the movie. Yeah. yeah. So there's something we talk about on Topic Thunder this week. There's a protagonist that I didn't like in the mm. book. 
He doesn't oh. come off much better in the movie, my man. Okay. Well, in the book, it just seems like, he, you know, you knew a little bit, but not nearly enough to go and do this. And you just seemed like a disaffected upper middle class kid. Right. Um, who got himself into this situation. So it's hard for me to connect with you just because you did this to yourself. Yeah. Why you, you did this to yourself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I mean, white people. Am I right? <laughs> Am I right? Be sure to tip your waitress. Um, you had to go out there and be sucking on the berries, uh, didn't you? So, you know, how about another movie? Only white people. Uh, stuff white people do. There's that story. Did you see that story up in uh Bro, that Oregon should be our new something? show. That's our new show. Stuff white people do. That's our new show. Yeah. Go ahead. It's up in the woods somewhere, and they were hiking, and I can't remember where it's. It's either Northern California or Oregon, Washington, somewhere. Yeah. Northwest. Yeah. And they found a family of uh, three plus their dog dead. Oh, But God. they have no idea. So they uh, considered it a hazmat situation until they can figure out what it is, mm-hmm. whether it's some sort of like uh, a pocket of, of gas because of the valley type of thing. You know what I mean? Uh, like. I've seen video from, I believe it's India, and there'll be these lowered areas, and it's just full of carbon monoxide. So if you go down in there, you will die. <laughs> if there's something like that in the area, or there's a, I don't know, radon, like a high enough concentration. Oh, yeah. I don't know what would kill you that quick. It's right. a silent killer. Right, right. Uh, but it's just crazy. It's like, holy shit. They have no idea as of right now. And so no word of foul play, because it, you know they got all of them, plus the dog. Yeah. If that's an assassin, that dude's good. <laughs> that dude that is dude really good. Is, that dude is good. I would have to say we trained him. Uh maybe maybe Mossad. An American assassin is what you're saying? Yeah, rogue. <laughs> Jason Bourne turned on the populace. This guy used to be a scientist. Let's find out his backstory. What does Q say? Um anyway. <laughs> uh, but That's yeah, into the wild Sean Penn's new flag day. Well, yeah. Hopefully, the people that uh, see it that liked it, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's not. nothing worse than a bad child actor. I mean, she's not bad. Like I said, she's not bad. And Still. she's like, I think she's 25 now or something like that. So, but like, oh, she's not even a child actor. No, she's no, no. no. The child like, of an actor. Yeah, child of an actor. But she's, uh, they're just, they're just, just some of the emotional beats, she just doesn't, doesn't hit them. And when she's playing a reporter at the end of the movie, you're just like, mm. it's told in flashbacks. So, you know, she's a reporter. It's not a big, um, and it's based on a real book, uh, Jennifer Vogel, <laughs> The Flim Flam Man is what it is. So, yeah. Can you imagine Sean Penn sitting there with the editor? Sean Penn is like, oh, we got it. The editor's like, we do not. <laughs> we really don't. We do don't. Shot. You want me to insert what shot? Okay. <laughs> it's not going to help. Can I get the yep. money? Can I get the money ahead of time? before? Uh, this well, this is, a, this is a guilt job. So there's no way Sean Penn is working uh, non-union. Dude, he's got I know because like the movie Regina King is in the movie for maybe five minutes. Josh Brolin for maybe five minutes. So he pulled some strings to get some people in this movie, man. Like uh, there must be all his friends or people. Yeah, I'm sure they are. I'm sure he just called him and said, "Hey, you free? I got this part. You want to do it?" And they just did it for scale. Yeah, for scale. Yeah, Yeah. come in. You know, no problem, man. Yeah, I'm happy to bilk Marvel and Disney. Not you. Let's have fun. Exactly. I have Marvel money. And Disney's like, no problem, because we made $17 billion off your likeness. I wonder what the actual, like, what Thanos as a property, (sighs) as a value is within the the market. Where was Josh Brolin, though, 
in his fame? Like what level of fame was he at? To, to, to be able to negotiate what he negotiated. You know what I'm saying? Like you, Matt, you and I, but we watch sports. We know, uh, you know, when an athlete is at the height of its or have his earning potential or her earning potential, and when an athlete is either on the come up or on the come down. Yeah. What, was Josh Brolin on the come down when he started doing Thanos, or was he on the come up when he started doing Thanos? Because I don't see a lot of people going to see other Josh Brolin movies. So wh- wh- where is he? where was he at, do you think? Um. As far as that tier, that's his yeah. introduction to that tier of cost of movie making. Because then after that, what he's in the next Men in Black movie, he's in. Yeah, like, he starts getting a run of pretty sizable roles. So Thanos kind of helped solidify his abil- ability to command money to do the higher tiered projects. Yeah, I wonder what he got paid for Thanos. That's what I'm saying. That's what I want to find out. What what level was he at to negotiate um, a favorable deal to play Thanos? Well, uh, when Avengers came out, the first one, don't you think they probably had an addendum or renegotiation of his contract by the time we get to Infinity War and Endgame? oh yeah, of course, because he's actually going to speak and be on screen. Because I mean, the first film he appears in is Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, it's not, he's not in the first, that's a different actor in the first Avengers. Movie. Oh, that's it's true. Not don't they use his voice though? I don't know if they went back and used to redubbed his voice. I don't know. I think, okay. and I think he only smiles. I don't know if he says anything. Yeah. He just smiles the first time we see him. Don't we see him on right. side profile? Yes. Side profile. Yeah. Uh, like looks over and then there's the camera and but, uh, you're like, Oh shit. <laughs> oh shit. But here's the run for him. Like planet terror. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. 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 No country for old men. It's 2007. American Gangster is the same year. W is the year after. Milk, which Sean Penn won the Oscar for again, is 2008 as well. Then he goes into like Jonah Hex in 2010. Mm -hmm. True Grit, which I thought was good as Tom Chaney, right? Yeah. Then Men in Black 3 in 2012. Um, And then Gangster Squad in 2013. And it starts to kind of... Because Labor Day didn't do well. Old Boy was a terrible remake. Sin City of Dame to Kill for was a terrible sequel. Inherent Vice, I don't think, was good. But then Sicario in 2015. Still, though, you said between 2013 mm. and 2015, you just rattled off like nine projects. Yeah, yeah. He was working. He was working. Yeah, he's working. I think it's yeah. been like a lot of up okay. and down. Yeah, a lot um, of up and down. Yep. But his down is not the down of other actors, not even close. Right, and now he's about to be in Dune. So... Yeah, that he's perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, as far as where his career is at, you know, he has a Deadpool two two as a side to the Marvel. He said, "I can do other superhero films." Um, right. Yeah, he's such a specific type, though. Yeah, yes. Handsome, imposing. It doesn't really fulfill a niche within Hollywood. Yeah. Hey, he's good. I like him. I like him better than his dad. Nothing yeah, changed. that's not even an apples to apples type of situation. Everything I've seen him in, nothing is it. I've just never seen him in anything that's a. I've never seen him in a part as meaty as his son has gotten. No, because because he's a TV actor. I mean, well, I mean, Amityville Horror was maybe the what the most famous thing. That probably James Brolin, that probably. I, it's the only thing I can really think of off the top of my head. Yeah. I'm sure you could rattle off a couple other titles, but Amityville's the only. Yeah, the, yeah. Well, I think part of it at that time, though, 
depending on what job you got, that's who you were. Yeah. So if you got one TV job, you're pretty much a TV actor. Yeah. Every once again, one escaped out. That's why it's so, it was so flabbergasting on some level. Like Bruce Willis, <laughs> uh, he was a movie star the whole time. Because uh, others tried. Ted Danson was the biggest TV star in the world. That's true. And cheers. Yeah, just, absolutely. Nobody wants to see him in movies for some reason. Yeah, just, yeah. Other than Three Men and a Baby, it just didn't really work out. No, just doesn't translate. Tom Selleck's never really had, he had a shot. Oh, uh, yeah, Tom Selleck, yeah. He did a few of them. Yeah. Just but, never was, yeah. It's like you became one or you became the other. That's a, you know, we're doing, we did last week, we did that What If Hugh Jackman list, mm-hmm. which was great. But what if Tom Selleck becomes Indiana Jones and it's not a success? What if we never have the Indiana Jones franchise because Tom Selleck doesn't really cross over as as widely or globally as well, Harrison Ford did as Indiana Jones? Or what if he does Indy and then he gets offered all those Harrison parts first? Oh, yeah, possible. possible. So what else you know, do we lose out on? Or now those two are fighting for the same pie. I just don't know if I can see Tom Selleck in the mustache and the curly hair. I know the mustache would have to go at some point. Yeah, have to go. There's just no way around it. The characters don't have mustaches like that. That dates you. Yeah. I'm looking at James Brolin pretty much. Yeah, that's it. Pretty much. I mean, of the well-known stuff. Yeah. He popped into Pee-wee's big adventure as Pee-wee at the end there with a fake movie. Yeah. What Morgan Fairchild or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. Pee-wee plays a bellhop and they overdub his voice. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a James Bondy type feel all of a sudden. And... I will say this, though. I think his father is better looking. I think James Brolin is a better looking guy than Josh Brolin um, even now. And James Brolin's still working. He was just in Sweet Tooth, that one that was on Netflix as a narrator. And then that show Life in Pieces, he was on it for four years. So motherfucker's still working. So yeah. give him props. You get props. <laughs> uh, you get props, James Brolin. Anyway. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree on that one. So it's true. Yeah. I don't, it's not like I don't think Josh is attractive. He's certainly very attractive. Yeah, certainly Diane Lane thought so, and other people have who well. Um, anyway, we should get into our list, Matt, don't you think? That we should. So okay. yeah, the setup of today is the scariest horror characters. Since Candyman is coming out. And this is to us. Right. To us. Right. No, if you're looking for the hardcore watchers of every yes. horror movie ever made, maybe we're not the podcast for you. But this is our approach to it. And we've seen enough horror films to be able to qualify ourselves to be able to have this discussion. Um, but I think we're going to have some fun choices. So that's my overall point of view, uh, Matt. So, yeah. Um, and the way the show works is... I throw some shit at the wall and John throws some shit at the wall. And then we kibitz for like 45 minutes. And then whatever sticks at the end, that makes our 10, our top 10 between the two of us for the show. Kibitz. It's a beautiful process that we do each and every week. And uh, you're welcome. Uh, all right. You ready? All right. Yeah, let's get it on. So, yeah, once again, this is to us. So yeah, if to you want to, yeah. Uh, at 10, I got Freddy Krueger. 10? That's 10. a punt. Holy shit. 10? All right. Scariest? Kruger scary? Oh, yeah. For a number of reasons. I think the idea of Kruger is very scary. All right. We can debate that when we get to it on the back half of the show. Um, All right. 
What's your uh, nine? Nine is uh, Rose Armitage from Get Out, Allison Williams' character. Oh, yes. That's uh, my nine. Well, I, I had the whole family as my nine, sure. but certainly we can do specifically the daughter. Absolutely. Yeah. A great choice. She's bud. the most cold-hearted because she has to actually get to know. You know, yes. she names she names the animal, the farm animal, in essence, where yeah. the others don't. They kill them pretty quick, so they don't really have much of an attachment. She draws them in, and the shot of her drinking the milk, looking <laughs> at the next you know, pool of potential victims, Oof. that's some cold shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, the whole family, though. Her Top separating. Her separating the – was in her cereal, even her separating the uh-huh. – I mean, it's like, wow, that was such a great book. It could have been so played for being too on the nose or over the top, but it works so well because the film was so fantastic. That moment was just more of a kind of a, a boom, a cherry on top of the racist cake. But yeah, the whole family, because I mean, Catherine Keener can be quite uh, scary and unsettling. Um, she's an unusual actress and she plays some very interesting roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has vacillated obviously between heroine and, and villain and everything in between. Uh, and then Bradley Whitford, who is a, you know, a hardcore liberal constantly on, uh, Twitter talking about, um, you know, his point of views on politics. I thought it was a great change to have him be this kind of super racist dude and him saying, you know, I would have voted for Obama third term, which is so what? funny. All of it, but Allison is chilling. Yeah, uh, I believe that was Whitford's line. His line that I'm not sure that it was in the script, but he said it earnestly to yeah. maybe Jordan Peele, and they put it into the script. Right, right. Uh, but I love the casting of him because he symbolizes all these things to anybody that kind of pays attention to those that type of stuff. Yeah, to flip your expectation of who this individual is or what the assumption you have of this character to the complete 180 opposite was just great casting. And the fact that he was willing to do it. Yeah. Um, Cause all yeah. the others, I don't know, are as outspoken uh, as he yeah. is. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so just more casting across the top. I'm glad the brother seems to be getting more and more work. I like that guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's um, a, a unsettling guy. He reminds me a lot of what's his face from uh boardwalk empire. Uh, Bashemi or Jimmy Pitt, whatever. His name oh is. yeah, uh, it is yeah. something Pitt. Yeah, yeah. Um, Michael Pitt. Michael Pitt, I think is what it is. Yeah. Okay, I could see he, that. He runs me a little bit of him. Yeah. Yeah, to me, he's basically like Steve Bashemi meets uh, oh, yeah. the lifeguard character from Stranger Things. Was it season three? Oh, good call. You know what? I'm wrong. You're right. It's he's definitely got a Buscemi vibe. You're absolutely right. Yep. No, nope, you're absolutely. He's got, but right. he's got a swaggering confidence for such a little guy. He yep. can play everything from, uh, you know, yeah, just pure white trash to that upper crust. Yeah, I could see him playing heartfelt, also asshole. Right. Uh, like I best friend in- and antagonist. Go ahead, please. No, no. I'm sorry. I remember him in three billboards. I remember yeah, him in three, three billboards. billboards. Right. Yeah. Yeah, every time I see him, it's like he leaps off the screen. The same way that when I saw Rami Malik in the Pacific, it's like something about you and this oh, yeah. I'm paying attention to you yeah. the most. And then you go off and win an Oscar for what I think is the inferior of the two from those right. two back to back years. But whatever. Congratulations. <laughs> Mr. Robot season one is it's fantastic. Yeah, a lot of people love that show. 
Oh, we've been watching Catastrophe. Have you watched Catastrophe? I I really enjoyed season one. I'm watching okay. it with Catherine kind of on and off. Yeah, okay. Season two is okay, and she's like, look, it just gets more serious from here. Oh, she's seen it already, Catherine. Yeah, she's watched it twice. Oh, fuck me. It gets more serious? Damn, yeah. yeah, we're about to finish season two, and I'm like, are these two going to end up divorced by the end of the fourth oh, season? Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, because it well, feels like they're going to start veering into hating each other. And you, you sense okay. – that you're right. The first season is fantastic. So oh, much so fun. funny. Uh, and uh, if you guys haven't seen this, it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, Rob Delaney, obviously some of you may know for Deadpool 2 and other things, uh, and Sharon Horgan is an Irish actress. They come together as a, as a couple because they had a one-week stand and he got her pregnant and he moves to London to try to do the right thing and they kind of navigate their relationship. And then this, then things progress into season two and it gets bigger. And then yeah, I don't know what season three or four, season four is going to happen, but like it, I've sensed that it's changed a little bit from there's not as many jokes and there's more no. of the real world creeping in the frustrations and the anger of the real world. And it's like, shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. She told me that I think we're like five through episode or season okay. two, six through yeah. something like that. Yeah. There's only six per season. So they're quick. They're half hours. You can finish a season in two, what, three hours, something like that. It's it's pretty cool. Or two and a half hours, I guess. If you oh, that's not bad quick yeah they're like 26 minutes each they're not that that long um Ooh, i didn't but yeah. know this i was about to say do you ever watch another british show called back to life with uh, daisy haggard no what's that one i love uh, her from uncle and um yeah, yeah yeah uh so i didn't know there was a season two i just looked it up i wanted to make sure i got the name right mm. um so a girl comes home having been convicted of killing someone in high school. Oh shit. She's, she's uh so after being in prison for I think it's like 20 years ish. Yeah. Um but it's not like she's some hardcore she's just trying to readjust to the small hometown that she's, you know, from and everybody yeah. knows her business. Wow. She is great in it. I didn't know there was a season 2 because I think they could have closed it on season 1. Wow. Uh um, Okay. But yeah, so season 1 was really good. How crazy that you know she works on two series at the same time. It used to be in the, you know, in the old days, Matt, you did one series. That was the only series you did. But yeah. the Brits can vacillate in between different. I mean, it's it's so like Tobias Menzies showing up in the first season of Catastrophe. I was like, what the fuck? Why do you do this? Is such a small role. Why are you in this? And it's well, you know, it's the Why Brits got to work. The Brits got to work. Yeah. I like the script. Yeah. I'm friends with Sharon or friends with, and they asked me, yeah. why not? Let's have Who some knows? fun. Yeah. Or it fit into my schedule and uh, it could be interesting. I like to work, could use the money. I don't like to sit around the house. Yeah. Come on set. Might yeah. as well. Yeah. Why not? Maybe he's dealing with season two uh, catastrophe, catastrophe stuff at home. And he's like, I, if I get out of here, <laughs> I'll have a better day. So I'm going to get out of here. Oh, babe, I got to go work. Yep. I'm out. That, that extension isn't going to pay for itself. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Need a new heater for our pool. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a way they got to dig it out. It's a lot of work. I'm not going to lie to you. If I, if I could make a career like Sam Jackson has, where whenever people are always thinking of him for A-list shit, and he gets to do these other careers, I mean, I would happily do that and meet the quota. Because after a while, Matt, you just become a veteran. So you know what you're doing. 
Yeah. And so you show up on set, you know your pace of learning lines, you know where your marks are, you know what your best, best side is, you know where the camera needs to be. So you're essentially in control of your situation. And yeah, you're in service of the piece, but overall, this is just like going to do your job like you would work any other fucking job. And yeah. you just put the time in, you access the emotions, and you roll the fuck on out of there for the next day. I, I mean, shit, it wouldn't it's, be a bad life. One of my favorite Michael Caine quotes, I can't remember what movie it's in reference to, but have you ever seen blah, blah, blah? And he's like, no, but I've seen The House It Bought. <laughs> and you're like... God, that's his priority. I can't fault him for that. No, that's a pretty good answer. It's a job. Yes, it's a job. You know, so many people when you come out to LA, people are like, "Ah, oh, the dreams of do. celebrity and status and fame." And it's like, well, I mean, there's also this possibility too, which would be nice, just to be a working actor. Yeah, why not focus on blue that. collar? Yeah, exactly. Try and do one thing at a time. Yeah, yeah, very good points. Anyway, all right, where are we at? Uh, your eight. Uh, my eight, which is. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Sadako from The Ring, the little girl. Oh, yeah. You mean Samara? Isn't that Samara? Isn't that her name? Oh, I thought I looked it up and it said Sadako. I can look it up real quick. Go for it. Sadako is what it's called in Japanese, I think. Um, I'm on. Let's see. IMDb and I'm looking it up. (laughs) I'm seeing a bunch of non-Japanese sounding. Yeah, names. I'm looking at Samara Morgan. She is the villain in the ring. Samara Osari. Oh, Samara. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe so, that yeah. was the Japanese. Maybe. I don't know. Because it's Ringu in Japanese. True. Yeah. All right. So it's Samantha. All right. Samantha from the ring. Oh, no, you're right. And in, in the ring in Japan, it is Sadako Yamamura also known as Park Yunsu and Samara Morgan is the main antagonist of oh, Koji okay. Suzuki's ring novel series in the film franchise. So yes, Sadaku is Samara. So same, 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 uh, same person. thing. They just changed the go. name for a different audience. Yeah. For American audience. Just the terror. I mean, can you imagine, uh, what? Yeah. Can't say I'm saying, no, I'm saying they were like the executives, like nobody can say Sadaku. Uh, said, uh, yeah. Let's make yeah. her Samara. It's so much easier. And also, it seems like Sudoku, and that seems like we're racist. So let's <laughs> just change point. the character name. And um, although I don't think Sudoku was even remotely around here. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it was. Uh, good point. That started out here, technically, and then went to Japan and became <laughs> huge in Japan and then came back here. Yes. Kind of like yes. Jimi Hendrix to Great Britain. And then we went, you know, who's pretty sweet, Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> Why don't you give him back? Why don't you give him back? Tell you what. Why don't you give him back? No. Get back. Yeah, it's called like numbers game here, the most generic name ever. And then went over to Japan, became Sudoku, boom, blew up. <laughs> there you go. There's the history as far as I know it of Sudoku, and I've never played it before. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just sitting there, and this girl comes fucking creeping out. And guess what? She, I mean, it's the persistence of that is more effective to me than other characters that have that very specific trait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, the others, there's so many representations of it. It turns cartoonish for me, so I'm not scared of that character anymore. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but whereas it's still as effective. I saw The Ring too. I didn't like it as much. I still thought no. it was interesting. I haven't seen yeah. it since. Whereas The Ring, I've seen a handful of times, which is saying something for a horror movie. Yeah. For yeah. me. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's my number eight. What do you got at okay. 10? 
All right. So the my 10 is um, Amy Dunn from Gone Girl. Great choice. I mean, didn't even think about it. I don't care what anybody says. And really, I could have thrown in What's Your Face from Fatal Attraction as well. I don't care what you say. And this is not to be misogynistic in any way, shape, or form. This is more like, hey, I'm a man, a straight man, and I'm looking at this situation, and I'm watching this movie, Gone Girl, and I am going insane at the possibility that I could have found myself in a relationship like this. And seeing the power of this woman to be able to craft any reality to succeed and to achieve what she wants to achieve. Listen, let me tell you something about men. We are always in fear of women because women are naturally more emotional, more emotionally intelligent. I mean, more intelligent, organized, more able to run things. Most of us probably hand over the running of our lives to our our, our ladies. For those of us who are straight um, or, you know, lesbians. Um, I God, I hope I'm saying this all correctly. I don't want to get in trouble here, but I'm just saying all of it. And I'm just essentially saying that this is something we fear, right? That someone is able to do whatever it takes to be able to survive and construct a reality okay. they need to construct. When she hit her face with a hammer in the movie, I was like, oh my God. And then when she stages what she stages at Neil Patrick Harris's expense, yeah. And yes, not the best guy, Neil Patrick Harris, but still, he didn't deserve that. It scares the shit out of you, and it triggers in men the genuine fear they have of women is that if you come across the right person, they or the wrong person, rather, they could absolutely oh. mess up your life. So it's a horror film in many, many ways. Yeah. Uh, it's like the... Uh, it doesn't matter, but it is full on. Anybody that manipulates the situation that much to get what they want, and they basically they have a scorched earth policy. So you're either in front of this yeah. flame with me or you're yeah. behind it, and I fucking yeah. toast you. And that's brutal. And when he sees examples of what she yeah. is willing, not even capable of doing, what right. she is willing to do, really the bounds, she doesn't have boundaries. There's no boundaries. Yeah. No boundaries. No. When it comes to, and there needs to be, there's no fence hemming her in, uh, which you got to respect, but you also yeah. need to fear. It's a survivalist tendency, right? It's whatever it takes to survive. It is turned up to the highest level. And yeah. she's able to manipulate situations brilliantly to get what she wants. And that scene with her and Ben at the end and then Carrie Coon's reaction as Affleck's sister um, is that despondency and resignation to what is the rest of their lives is so horrific because that's real horror. Some dude who shows up in your fucking dreams or some person who shows up with a fucking machete or whatever, that's fantastical horror. But real yeah. horror is when someone can actually invade your life and then make you, in essence, enslaved to them because they have an ability. And it's male or female. It doesn't fucking matter. They have an ability to manipulate a situation to their benefit. And you um, are have no idea how to uh, counter that or how to get out of that without looking terrible or possibly yeah. being brought up on charges. So it's, it's, it's a scary fucking movie, dude. Fuck yeah. I don't care what anybody says. That's a horror film. That's a horror film. Yeah, didn't even think about it. Great call. Fatal attraction, too. I mean, she burns the fucking bunny in the pot, for God's sakes. And yeah. she wants, she comes out of the tub with the knife. She's going to kill Michael Douglas. That's horror. Just like 
I think Amy Dunn was going to kill uh, uh, Ben Affleck's character in the movie as well. So there you go. Um, all right. So my nine was, we said, is the family of Get and Get Out. Gotcha. And then my eight is Annie Wilkes from Misery. That is a punt. Okay. All right, fine. What's your seven? Uh, my seven is uh, The Invisible Man. Adrian Griffin is the character's name. Oh, yeah. But from the uh, most recent Invisible Man, that's the okay. first time true terror. Because usually it's like the Chevy Chase type of thing. Right. <laughs> Memoirs. Extraordinary gentleman. And it's not the malevolent. Yeah. There is the Kevin Bacon, but I oh, never Hollow cared Man. for that. Yeah, yeah Hollow Man. That's not Same movie. movie. No, it's not. Um, They have no chemistry between the two of them. They really don't. Between him and Elizabeth Shue, which is kind of impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah, you have to work hard not to have chemistry with Elizabeth Shue. It's so weird. That well, both of them, yeah. And Kevin Bacon, you're, you've been a top-tier actor as far as Hollywood is concerned. And I agree with yeah. them, but for... 35 years, 40 years. Yeah. It's just, they couldn't conjure it uh, this time. Whereas they got it in this one, the, Mm -hmm. the mania that he exhibits in wanting to hold on to, and then perhaps other characters, I don't want to spoil as well. Yeah. Uh, Good. I mean, I was in, I, her being unhinged, that seemed like some of the realest acting you're ever going to see. Because oh. if you were in a house where you knew, didn't matter. Everybody's looking at you like you're crazy. Trust me, he's sitting right fucking there. <laughs> I know you can't see him. I know you think I'm crazy. Uh, that's fucking, that's terror. Yeah. And he's just sitting there patiently waiting. Yeah. Oh. It is a hall. That's, yeah. that's bad. What else are you watching me do? How often are you creeping around? Like Right. Basically, the NSA first person. And when you find out, you know, in the movie, we're not going to ruin anything. But if you, when you find out how it's happening, you're just like, oh my god, wow, yeah, Yeah, it's good. That, yeah, we uh, talk. I mean, juxtapose that we talk about Amy Dunn from Gun Girl, and then you look at the dude in The Invisible Man. You know, it's just that's the male version. This guy is willing mm -hmm. to do whatever, do whatever it takes. To keep her enslaved to him uh, in any way, shape, or form, and separated from anybody, and he yeah. has the means to do so. Yeah, yeah. controlling really her world is all that he cares about. Yep, yep. And that's a horror. That's a horror. Yeah, it's sleeping with the enemy. Laura, I fucking hated that movie. I, <laughs> I haven't seen it in so long, but I hated it when I saw it. I think it's, it's fairly well reviewed. It's super cheese ball, man. <laughs> The, uh, with Kevin Anderson or whatever. Uh, I love that she changed her name to Sarah Waters. Waters, get it? I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just so on the nose. Sarah being a, a short version for Serene. Ugh, just, it's like, come on. Come on. Um. Anyway, yeah. All right. So that was your seven? That was my seven. So my six, sorry, I was trying to look up. Is, oh yeah. Uh, oh, you want to keep going? I'm sorry. You go ahead no, no, not at all. Not at all. Okay. okay. Uh, 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 is uh, the thing from the thing? That's your six. Yeah. Uh, is that a punt? That is a punt. Okay. That's a punt. It's totally believable. Yeah. Uh, that's right. So then, my number seven is uh, Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. Go for it. Oh my God! The first time I, I, I cannot watch this movie again. In fact. Way back when, as I've mentioned before, when I did that TV DVD testing job, 
we got the new version of the original film in, which had been cleaned up. Mm-hmm. And I told them I would not be able to work on that project. And I got in some trouble because they were like, it's a movie. This is your job. And I was like, no, I'm not subjecting myself to watching this movie over and over again in different languages and different subtitles because this character of Leatherface is so fucking scary to me. I cannot put myself through this on multiple viewings. Okay. And that whole film itself is really unsettling. You know, Matt and I, you and I, you and I, Matt, have talked about the places we've grown up and the things we've seen. I mean, I may be a few blocks away from a real leather face when I was growing up in Virginia. I mean, I'm just down the road, a little bit farther out, a little bit way out on the woods, maybe somewhere there's okay. something like this. And so for me, when I saw the movie, it, it was too close to home in the unsettling possibility this could be real and the idea of a guy that size with no problem chasing you with a chainsaw to cut you in half and hang you on a fucking meat hook and then to get into the family stuff and the the weird grandpa that's sucking the blood out of the thing like all of it is just country 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 crazy is scary as fuck and so that movie really kind of brought it home for me and him, Leatherface, as a character, because he seems like this un- indomitable beast sure. uh, that's almost animalistic more than he is human. You know? Yeah, I've I've actually never seen the original. I've what? Seen, I've seen all. I think I've seen every other. I'm not kidding, except for the newest <laughs> one that just came out, like what two years ago or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see that one, but I've seen all. So to me, the character is not scary gotcha. or malevolent. He's just horror. Mm-hmm. teen thrasher guy yeah whereas yeah look i we said on the outset that uh horror is not our bag right right so should yeah. i see it sure <sighs> but i i don't care i would never recommend someone to see it unless you're a horror person you want to see it because it is to me it's one of the most unsettling films i've ever seen ever that's some bitch did poltergeist after that. <laughs> I don't know, which was pretty scary as well. I think I first one I saw of those was the McConaughey Zellweger one. Oh yeah, to, uh, I think that's three. I think that's Texas okay. Chainsaw Massacre three. Pretty sure that was the first one I saw. All right, all right, cutting people up. Um, all right. So then my number six is the shark from Jaws. Uh, that's a punt. Oh, nice. At least we got some commonality, which is good. We do. I like we do. that. Well, before we get into my uh, number five, why don't we take a quick break and hear this word from our sponsor? All right, there we go. There's our quick break. Mm -hmm. We hope you video people enjoyed that special little interstitial thing we put in there. (laughs) It's just for you over YouTube.com forward slash the top 10 podcast with the number 10. Uh, All right, my five is the Xenomorph, the alien. Uh, That is my four. Nice. Perfect timing. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Just everything about it. (laughs) <laughs> i it's, it is it is nothing but a pure killing machine it really is on some level i can understand why the Whalen corporation is so fascinated with it yeah because it is truly very efficient it's it's in essence like a virus mm-hmm. at human size because all it does is kill right and wants to replicate and that's it there is no sense of like how how did it how did it prosper on its own planet? You know, I don't know. 
how did it, how the fuck did it get off its planet? Have we seen films that are set on the aliens no. alien planet? Because I, I am, and I haven't seen all the AVP films. Maybe there's something of that in the AVP films, but I would like to see a film set on the planet of the aliens, where a spaceship crash lands on that planet and has to find a way out. And maybe there are some good ones, some good xenomorphs compared to some bad xenomorphs. Is there a government on this planet? There can't be. No, you don't think so? It doesn't exhibit anything outside of being an ant. You know what I mean? Like, look at aliens. It's She's set up like a queen bee or a queen ant. Right. She has all those soldiers and workers on the exterior. So do you think it was like an insect on its own planet? That's what, so on its own planet, it probably has some sort of natural predator that kind of somewhat keeps it in check. Otherwise, yeah, yeah, the landscape has to be a wasteland because it doesn't produce anything on its own, right? Whether that's industry or by its like by what it eats, it fertilizes elsewhere, like yeah, you know, birds and insects do. Um, so it has to have something keeping it in check. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, some somewhere someone crash landed down and they were a parasite that jumped on board and then it ended up somewhere else. That's totally right. believable to me. I just don't that it, it doesn't seem to have a complex society that it's from. Gotcha. Uh which makes it all the scarier. Right. Because you can't reason with it. No. You can't have a logical discussion. Like, look, don't eat like we'll we'll keep to ourselves. You keep to yourself. We're not gonna mess with you guys yeah it's upper brain function is still purely primal yeah it just kills mm-hmm. it just kills it's just there to eat and procreate that's it mm-hmm. and by eating it means kill you yes exactly i mean we haven't even mentioned the acid for blood so it's like yeah. that's that's another aspect of it all is even when you try to kill it just well, even shooting it could cause you to have damage physically and as we've seen now in a couple different movies it's an equal opportunity Yes. So long as you're apparently warm-blooded, it is more than willing to kill you and invade you. Although, in Prometheus, those serpent-like creatures, are we saying those were closer to reptilian? So maybe those are cold-blooded? So it really just needs some sort yeah. of vascular system like to be alive. Yeah, I'd have to see that one again. It was that- like a king cobra snake that comes up out of the water. Oh, okay. Remember, there's the two guys. One's the geologist that made the probes. That right. somehow got lost using a map that his probes made. And you're like, what? And then they see that pile of bodies and they're both yeah. like, what the fuck is going? Cause they got separated from everybody else who were back now back on the ship. And they're like, you got to stay there. And you're like, are you seeing what we're seeing? We can't stay here. <laughs> Dude. The next scene after that, that it's the Cobra. And you're like, you were just freaking out. And now he's like, look at this little Cobra. <laughs> like that, what? That thing just showed fucking fangs. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't make sense for your characters. And I still like the movie and I hate it. <laughs> at the same time and i like it and i hate it i do um that is hilarious man but it's like that's a that's a really well-designed simplistic scary as hell character to me yeah 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 Woo. all right I, and 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 it, and it doesn't lose like like you mentioned with leatherface like it doesn't lose its terror yeah um uh, no matter what movie you watch it in you know, even in that last one, Alien Covenant, when it's on top of the spaceship, winging around its tail and screaming and yelling, you're just like, holy fuck, man, this thing is scary as hell. So, yeah. Yep. On so many levels. So many levels. Um, all right. So that was your five. Yep. 
which is my four. So my five is Pennywise the Clown from the It series. Uh, that is my four. Oh, okay. Nice. flip flop Nice. I like it. I mean, oh. that first movie, Matt. Holy shit snacks that scare the shit out of me. Yeah, I'd say that and then the under the bleacher scene with the little girl in the oh. second movie. That's the only one that really gets me in the second one. Because ultimately, to defeat it, you just need to, to bully him. Yeah, basically. Uh, yeah. I, is- I realize this is a tough character to cut down to size. That seemed like a bad choice to me. But yeah, I agree. I agree. They got so many other things right. But, and still yeah. ultimately successful. But I'll just go back and watch the first one now. Yeah, because the first one, he's just yeah. so goddamn scary in the first one, man. I, mean, I just whole... cherry-picked parts of the second one the to watch. The projector scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, the projector scene uh, coming out of the storm drain for Georgie. Oh, oh poor Georgie. Right at the top. Um, yeah. Although when his mouth goes big there, I think that almost is too cartoonish. Mm. I think the idea of just yanking Georgie in and you just see those eyes type of thing, yeah. maybe a little blood spatter. Like we don't need to see it at that point. Yeah. You can hold back some of the terror that's to come and yeah. build it up even more. Uh, but I've never made a movie that was that wildly successful. So <laughs> Mr. Machete, maybe don't listen to a guy that's whose opinion carries very little water. Well, first of all, um thank you very much for listing mr machete uh, yeah yeah hey you want to be a guest we got a spot open next week we do we do good luck on the flash film but yes we're doing I, top 10 movies andy machete wants to talk about <laughs> that's a new <laughs> list it's brand new ah oh, man this is a tough topic for us <laughs> true to four matt and i bring our own lists guessing what machete would want to sure, talk about <laughs> sure we scoured interviews we talked about read his influences and then took some wild uh, swing. <laughs> he loves Gone with the Wind. Bet you didn't know that. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Big fan. Big fan. Huge. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and uh, what's his name? Bill. Is it Skarsgård? Who is it? Bill Skarsgård? Something like that. Whoever does the. Yes, I think it's Skarsgård. Um, he's just excellent. Absolutely excellent as, no. uh, as Pennywise. And yeah, the second film. Surely. Sorry. Not as strong, but some of the flashback stuff with that face of his, whew, that's unsettling shit for sure. So, yeah, but good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, I think my, my favorite scene is in the kitchen when he comes out of the the oh, fridge. Oh, my God. Yeah. And there's what's his name with his broken arm and he's holding up. He's like, ah. and then trash mouth and Bill are upstairs. Yeah. And Bill's the one that figures out that this is just an illusion. Yeah. And Pennywise whips around realizing that it's, it's crumbling. Yeah. His little guy, he needs you to fear as part of, you know, his killing. And when he comes right. down, it's just not real enough for you, Billy. He's pissed <laughs> off. Yeah. It's like maybe the first time this is, he's ever encountered somebody not buying into his bullshit. Yeah. Uh, but it uh, just great acting, great setup. I love the execution of the scene. It's fucking yeah. scary as shit. Mm-hmm. That's when the, when the teeth come out there, that has effect. Oh yeah. No, um, doubt. No doubt, dude. But yeah, Oof. I just liked my other three for very specific reasons. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, all right. So we've tackled our four and fives. Correct. All right. So what's your three? My three is the punt okay. of Annie Wilkes. Okay. Fair enough. Um, and I like it because it's real. Yes. This could very well happen. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Selena's 
the head of her fan club could have been Annie Wilkes. Right. Yes. Like this, this is very real for some people. Yeah. Um, I wonder if I don't know anything about King's backstory, if he had anything that was remotely close to this, where he had a fan that was this latched on and that's where the genesis of the story was. I feel like, yes, had to have. Right. And especially his heyday in the eighties when he was like the top author, like you said, Stephen King and people would immediately flock to whatever the hell you're talking about. Um, Yeah. That's a great point. And he probably did. I mean, because Every person who has any uh, remote uh, level of celebrity has the crazy people who show up. And I think authors have a distinctly unique kind of fandom because people fall in love with the characters you're creating Mm -hmm. and they get upset about the journeys you put them on if they're not journeys that they themselves want to see the character go through because they connect to that character and almost feel like you are – uh, you know, they are that character living that life inside what you're creating. And so when you send them down the wrong paths or paths they don't like or paths that maybe kind of um, unsettle the character or make the make a fan look at the negative aspects of their own personality, they get really fucking pissed off about it, man. Yeah. Uh, it's something that they maybe feel more personal attachment to because they've conjured it all in their mind. Yeah. So it's yeah. a very personal thing to them as opposed to giving the representation they created it on their own. Yeah. Uh, like, um, what was the other thing? Like, oh yeah. Like I was just thinking like a uh, combo characters. That's, that's not my, that's not my Superman. That's not my Batman. That's not my blah, blah, blah. And yeah, it's all because people have put those feelings on a character, a fictitious character and when that fictitious character isn't treated in a certain way or given a certain thing to do, people lose their fucking minds. Well, I think additionally, too, you know, when people get upset of like a, a recasting of a character and be like, look, I just want you to be honest to the comic book. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a certain percentage that believe that and another percentage that believe it for the wrong or well, my opinion of the wrong reason. Yeah. But they have a representation that they can latch onto that's created for them that yes. helps mold and create the identity to you of what this character is whereas if you're just reading the page yeah. it's all the more personal because this is i don't know this is part of you yep you're making this up whether you you're casting an actor in your head as you read it or you're yeah. just creating some sort of uh image of the character right but right. yeah when she gets pissed off at him and then obviously the hobbling is oh, the just hobbling. brutal mr man with your uh, oh but, you know, I've seen – how can I say this? I've seen some fans in the showdown get nuts about some of the storylines and buy into the characters of the players and think that those characters are the actual players. Hell, I've heard – some of the competitors thinking that those characters that some of the other competitors play are actually them. And that's crazy to me, you know, it's, it, but people, you know, are just kind of, you know, when it comes to this kind of stuff, fanaticism, that's what sh- fans is short for. That's yeah. what it can lead to is this kind of like moment where, because I mean, when you're watching the movie, dude, she comes off and Kathy Bates, it's why she won the Oscar. She's so masterful as someone you've probably seen in a store and totally ignored. Yeah. She's a sweet right. little old lady. Yeah. 
or middle-aged lady who's a just middle-aged like, yeah but i'm just saying in the yeah right right in comparison yeah but like you see and you're like oh boy you know you almost feel bad for her she's buying like 10 books and i used to manage bookstores i knew so many women like annie wilkes who would come okay. in the store and buy like 10 books and shit like that covered in cat hair keep going <laughs> yes I'll play along with the stereotype. I never worked in a bookstore, but with I just a fair share. Well, look, the stereotype, there are, of course, many people who are obsessed with books, but you do notice certain people who do show up to buy a crap ton of books and, and whatever. And, yeah. and they, you know, they, they have a certain well, look. You're so. more of a recluse if you're spending that much time by yourself reading. Exactly. So what do you care about people? I was like, look at how many people come and go out in the world now and in post, not even post actually, but COVID days. Now people are like, you know, wearing all kinds of unusual shit when they go out now that they would have normally not worn oh, in yeah. times past. That was one of my first thoughts. Like two <laughs> weeks in, three weeks in, I was yeah. like, dude, how many guys out there have always wanted to wear a bandana and never could? <laughs> and they get to strutter like the first few weeks because there was distinct like I'm bandana guy looks. It's like, oh, fuck, have you just been dying to be bandana guy and you finally get to do it? There had to be at least, what do you think, like 100 dudes across the U.S. that just jacked about this reality? Beyond 100. I mean, beyond, 100. beyond 100. I mean, uh, hyperbolically, you say like 100,000, yeah. but it's a, there's there's a chunk of the U.S. population who's like, oh, see inside their head, like, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> I've been wanting to wear bandanas in public. And, like, Colin Hanks has a line where there's some who's like, that's a good bandana. <laughs> I don't know when he started. I'm pretty sure it was like eight months into the pandemic or something, but I got to shave my head. I got to shave my head and I get, oh, it's not even, they wanted head. to wear it like an old outlaw. So oh yeah. Up. Yeah. That's so just, right. they get to walk around. They have this affectation of a bandana. And oh, I see. Like oh, I'm sorry. You're saying like, uh, like a bank robber type thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's true. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah How yeah. many have long seen that look? I'm like, well, you look so badass like that. And now I get to walk around doing that. As I buy my milk at CV. Yeah, exactly. As I go and do this stupid errand, uh, but I'm still dressed up. Because there's also the rocker guy. Oh, yeah. See, you know, this is the generic rocker guy. Welcome to Hollywood. Right. So they, they were definitely bandana guys. You know what I mean? Yes. It's part of the look at that point. Totally. But I bet you they've been dying to wear bandana. Uh, I just don't know how many other cities have like a, uh, there's a chance I'll run into a rocker individual in this area. <laughs> There's a couple of those in, in LA. Oh my God. That's some funny ass shit. Um, all right. So that was, wait, that was your three. That was my three. Okay. All right. Uh, so then my three is the pun from earlier, which is Freddy Krueger. All right, go for it. I use the restroom real quick. Okay. All right. So for me, it's more about the fact that he's like just a scary son of a bitch who gets into your brain, gets in your mind. And if you can't even escape into your dreams, and, uh, you know, some people do like to, you know, try to find a way to control their dreams or manipulate dreams to have certain kind of dreams. Then um, if that's taken away from you, that's a hell of a loss. And then if someone augments your nightmares, which is a place where you're not in, not in control of things and can experience all kinds of crazy images and this idea that you can die in your sleep, which people do. You don't know what they're dreaming of before they die. You don't know what they're experiencing before they die. Uh, and certainly there have been mysterious cases of people dying in their sleep uh, who are young with no physical maladies. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's the thing that I think is just so impressive about 
uh, the Freddy Krueger thing, why he's so scary to me, because it's a place where you can't control it. You don't know what's going to happen and you don't know what images he's going to put in your head. And in the end, that's that's uh, a fucking scary place to be. I just think had he gotten some proactive, we would have had a different. Um, <laughs> I don't even remember his origin story in the original. I think the idea of Kruger is yeah. really interesting. Okay. A demon that terrorizes you in your sleep and there's no yes. escape. That's pretty fascinating. I just, he was so cartoonish over the top. Oh, okay. That it never really had the punch. A lot gotcha. of the iconic horror, because there's so many, don't right. have the punch for me. I don't disagree with you with a lot of them. That's why a couple of them are not on my list. But like certainly yeah. this one does, because this one still unsettles me. Because there's such a joy and a gleefulness in terrorizing your dreams that he gets out of the whole situation. Yeah. And you can't seem to kill him, no matter what you do. It's the most frustrating thing in the world. So, um, All right, so what's your three? Uh, my two. Oh, sorry, you two. Sorry, you two. Is uh, Jack Torrance, The Shining. Oh, okay. That's all you, my man. Go ahead. Um, yeah, Stephen King. It's uh, what was that three straight by me? Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Stephen King's. Um, oh yeah. Just because, sadly, this story is not as uncommon as the others that I fear on this list. Right. Yep. Good point. Which is one family member. More often than not, the paterfamilias <laughs> going off the deep end and attempting and sometimes succeeding and taking out their family. Mm-hmm. and to see the mania that Jack Nicholson managed to pull off, because that easily could have been over the top. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. It could have been chewing scenery and all of it. And I think the subtle maniacal build, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the ultimate, the, the close at the end between the maze and then the picture, yeah. it's such a, there's even more kind of instilled fear just with the picture of, Technically, that means now he's never going to die. Yeah, right. And so he's going to be a part of this thing. Yes. Now he's a part of the fabric of whatever this dark entity is. Yeah. uh, Which they kind of address in uh, Dr. Sleep, Mm -hmm. which I liked. I I believe you didn't enjoy as much. Uh, No, it's okay. I didn't think it was as good as I I think it was as good as I was hoping. It it wasn't bad. It just wasn't the same level that I was hoping to get. Yeah. I, I think it's impossible to. You're right. Be equivalent to the other. Right. So the fact that after all these years they made an enjoyable movie to me it was like that's impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, plus, I you know I like Ewan, so yeah. Let's get him some more work if we can. Like, yeah, he's struggling. That guy. You no, know? <laughs> I do like Ewan though. I've always liked Ewan. Yeah, he's about to do Kenobi. I think he's fine. I think he's making some good money. Yeah, but he's a TV actor now. You know what I mean? Pish posh. Pish posh. Halston. I haven't even seen that. Is it good? I have. Um, okay. From what I heard of it, Catherine was like, "Do you want to watch it?" And I was like, "Well, here's what I heard." Yeah. And then she watched it. And she was like, "What you heard was correct." Ah, okay, fair. And I was like, "Okay, that's fair. fine. I don't need to watch it then. It's not. Yeah. He's good. Let's put it that way." Right, 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 right. No surprise. Um, whether or not you connect with the story or like the overall arc of it, that's your decision. Right, right. Um, but yeah, just the the realness. I think that's one one of the things that, about The Shining. Even though there's this over-the-top supernatural element with yeah. um, the te- telekinetic power, or telepathic power, rather, that both yeah. Danny and, uh, uh, oh my God, Scatman Crothers, both yeah, 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 
And the idea that this power, that Scatman has come into other contact with others, and this has been something that people do have. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he can channel into and sense he's got a greater power than even Scatman. And it's like the house wants to consume him because it wants that power. And yet Danny is pushing back. So then the father has to go and try and help. And they address this too in Dr. Sleep as well. Think a little bit more thoroughly. Mm. Uh, But yeah, just... The, the idea of a dad snapping to me. Was- yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I, I, I've never really been afraid of him, but I get, I get your point of view on it. And I'm sure there are people who grew up in houses with fathers like this, who would probably, you know, counter the, whatever I've got to say about it and say, yeah, no, this is terror. This is true terror because yeah. just like we said earlier with the, the, with uh, Amy Dunn from Gone Girl or what's the face from Invisible Man, this idea that someone has control of your life. And when mm-hmm. you're the father, you can have so much control over a young child's life and, uh, a, uh, and possibly your wife's life. And certainly Shelley Duvall is trying to fight with all her energy against the growing madness and anger and frustration. Cause the only, because the reason he's frustrated is yeah, they're probably employing him to try to get to Danny, but also cause Danny is special and Jack isn't in any way, shape or form. And Jack wanted to be special. And wanted to be this great author and wanted to be famous and successful and a celebrity. In the end, that's what the the evil entity uses to manipulate him to go after Danny is his, his the growing jealousy of Danny and his wife's attachment to Danny versus his wife's attachment to him. You know, so yeah. Which happens, which happens in family sometimes. So yeah. Um all right, all that's right, so, my deuce. All right, my deuce is uh, the thing, which is the punt from earlier. Okay. Oh my god, that fucking movie! Whoa, when that thing comes out of the chest, and then when that thing, when they're testing the blood, explodes out of the, all of it, just so scary and unsettling. When the head is crawling with the fucking legs, yeah, <laughs> fuck that, or the dogs. Oh, what it does to the poor dogs! I'm just like, oh my god, man. So utterly scary, utterly unsettling. It's otherworldly. It. Like just like uh, you know, just like some of these other horror uh, people, villains we've spoken about, it can take on the form of anything it comes yes. in contact with to hide away, and you won't know a thing before it's it springs on you and kills you. Yeah, until you and, test whether or not. Yeah, right. It has any reaction to violence in it, and I think the movie too because the mm. setting is so alien to normal existence it feels like it's otherworldly yeah yeah so it's us with alien contact mixed into almost an alien environment mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh so it's like double fish out of water um yeah. but yeah just the shape shifting and how easily if that were unleashed upon the populace yeah we're toast yeah we're fucking toast i mean you could come up with a test but how long would it take mm-hmm. to come up with that test and at that point have they reached critical mass where it doesn't even matter? Yeah. And um, how many people are killing other people? Because they assume. Because they assume that thing is the thing. Yeah. You're acting differently. You must be it. Ah! You know, I guess yeah. you'd have to like self-harm in front of someone. Yeah, maybe. I guess that would be That's the, the only way. Man. So we all turn into like a nation of cutters, <laughs> a world of cutters. God help us all. Yeah. That's a good point. The scars you're walking around with just to prove that you're human. Oof. 
It's a lot. Yeah, should be just emotional, but now we got to carry physical. <laughs> um, all right, so there you go. That's the thing. What's your What's your number one, man? My one is Jaws. Oh, nice. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so, are you telling me that of everything on this list, yeah, to this day, you're not most fearful of actual great whites? Oh, I am legitimately afraid of great whites. Yes, yes, yes. But I can avoid that situation. Yeah, o- other but- situations I might not be able to avoid, like someone going into my dreams okay. or starting a relationship with someone that I don't know is secretly crazy. Totally true. Yes. But if you watched a video of, <laughs> oh, we discovered this individual is secretly crazy, whereas any great white video, which one gives you the most unease? The great white, because you just don't experience that. So if it's you true. were in yeah, a situation where you're like, <laughs> oh, my God, there's a great white. Uh, like you're those videos. Wrong. Yeah. Where someone has a camera underwater and they suddenly turn and there's one they weren't anticipating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, that's. The- Matt, yeah, That's the dr- the drone ones are scaring the shit out of me. Have you seen those? Well, yeah, where they're just off the coast and they see how many are out there. And yeah, just- or how many are swimming around uh, people who are surfing, like yeah. literally within feet, relatively close. Oh. It just shows you how much they actually don't want to eat us. Right. True. Very true. Very true. Um, that we're not. If, if they would have rather have, you know, we are the hot dog to their filet mignon world. <laughs> They'll settle, but they really don't want to when they know a good steak is out there. We are the Taco Bell. Like, I don't want to go here, but I'm I'm short for time. It's right I, yeah. here. I gotta I can get a couple tacos that'll tide me over until dinner. That's what we are. That's a I, great point. See, I think even Taco Bell has more. How many wiener schnitzels are there? You know what I mean. <laughs> it's rare to find one. That's so the true. person that's really hooked on hot dogs, that's strange. It's a strange – who doesn't like a hot dog every once again? Sure. Why not? Yeah. Usually I'm at a baseball game. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, I was down at the beach uh, yesterday, mm. and there's a, opening a new corn dog and lemonade. Ooh. And the people I were with were like, oh, that sounds nice. And I'm like, yeah, but how does that succeed as a business? How often do you fucking want a corn dog? <laughs> well, what's the name of the the – franchise that does dog, hot dog on a stick or what is it? yeah, yeah but they're in malls yeah that's you know? true yeah where you get a lot of foot traffic so it, yeah 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 and they're up against a sabaro have you ever yeah. seen a sabaro i don't even know if those exist but i was saying that's the level of competition other restaurants you do not see outside of malls in burbank there is a sabaro in that there's still a sabaro right. oh yeah at, at least at least As the of- la- last time i worked there in 2020 in January of or yeah. December of 2019, I guess. That's that's good. There was a Sabaro. I'm concerned. Yeah, there was a Sabaro. I'm sure it's still there. Uh, Not bad it, spaghetti it, meatballs, by the way. I want to make sure that's clear. I have needed a Sabaro since college. <laughs> I grew to hate it. So, yeah, there's no point in going back. Never get the pizza. They just reheat it. You that's what I got pizza. almost every time was yeah, the pizza. No. You got to get the, the pasta as soon as it comes out. That's some good spaghetti meatballs. Uh, yeah, but you're right. I mean, it's a killing machine. It's on a vengeance tour in the movie for its own reasons. And mm-hmm. um, the ferocity with which it kills um, the first girl and then the boy 
and then of course the guy in the fucking inlet or whatever that is. We, um, and Quint, you know, it is so unsettling. Yes. Um, it's a lion in the water, and it's uh, at least in the movie, right? You don't want to say actual great whites, and I don't want to get any kind of backlash from animal lovers, but like that thing is like a lion in the water. Yeah, and- but the thing is, you can still see video of a lion kind of being adorable. You know what I mean? Playing with its young cubs. I've seen that with like the young cubs practice being roaring and being aggressive. <laughs> True. And it's all zoologists yeah. break down of one where it's like, oh, see, the reason the male, the, the lion reacted like it was scared is to teach that young one. You need to do that to to scare. Yeah. And I was like, whether or not I, I guess that that's true. I don't know. I haven't done the research. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've never seen that in a shark. You know, <laughs> they're not really palling around with anybody. Uh, <laughs> so it's no, like it's next true. level. Be playful. And then you think of like a megalodon, which made a great white look tiny. You're like, what? Yeah. What nightmares was God working through? (laughs) (laughs) Fever dreamed this into existence. Thanks, buddy. I just just think it was more a matter of the fact that it was all just one landmass at some point way back when. And so there was a lot of water. So these things could be bigger than usual. Uh, And then eventually, as the land split apart, it kind of condensed the spaces where it can swim oh yeah i mean we're still 70 what 70 percent water on the earth but still you know but yeah that's a big shit all right uh, so that's my number one so okay. you got a one my one is uh michael myers i mean come on halloween that first movie that's some scary ass shit from the opening when it's a little kid killing his sister through a fucking clown mask to later True. when he busts out of that asylum and Donald Pleasance being super scared of Michael the whole time really augments the fear of Michael Myers. And so when he shows up and he's terrorizing Laurie Strode and her friends and all that stuff, he's ferocity, just ferocity uh, incarnate and in human in whatever you want to call that human form, whatever. Plus, he's otherworldly. You can shoot this son of a bitch. He can fall off a two-story balcony and just walk away or run away and live. What what the hell is this thing made of? So, and those scenes in the movie, True. man, when he's like bang, when he's ripping through the closet and Laurie's like kind of just fucking trying to survive with a wire hanger is so great. Um, so he's just like inevitable death, constantly marching towards you, and there is no reasoning, there is no logic, and there might be a family connection. So it's unsettling. That's my. That's why I put it number one. All right. You know what? I swapped out my number ten of Freddy Krueger for my. Oh, list. thank you very much. Wow, it's a good sell. Well, it, it just the problem is is everything that came after. Yes. So between him, Jason, and Freddy, I was like, well, at least the central premise of Freddy is unique, and also it, it's inherently scarier to me. Yeah. Because Mike Myers and Jason Voorhees are so much the same. Yeah. Yeah. But I needed at least one of the three to make the list. <laughs> Personally, it's just, those are the horror movies that I've seen most. So yes. on some level, I guess they kind of have to scare me the most, even though they don't. But something keeps drawing me back. So I wanted, wanted to fit one of them on there. That's true. That's true. Yeah, Jason never had a chance. It was between Mike Myers and or Michael Myers and yeah. uh, Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Although Jason's look is my favorite. Yeah. I like Jason's look. Yeah, just simple hockey mask with a machete. Yep. 
uh, simplicity wins for me on that one. <coughs> I don't disagree with you there. Yeah. I just never found him scary. And that's no. why I didn't put him on my list. So, yeah. All right. Well, there's our separate top 10 uh, horror, top 10 scariest villains in horror movies. Uh, we're going to combine the list now and uh, we get the bongos. All righty. So make our official top 10 list. All right, so what do we got? Oh, are you putting it together? Um, where do you have Jaws? Uh, I have it at number six. Number six. So I don't think we have anything else higher in commonality, correct? Uh, well, I Michael mean, unless Martin, you want the thing, Freddie. Alien, four and five, right? Yeah, and Pennywise is four or five. So yeah. I would say one six beats a four or five. One six is Jaws. Oh, you want to put yeah. Jaws at the top? All right, all right, fine. I'll allow oh, it's that. like that, is it? Because I was going to say, would you like to put Alien next? But yes, yes, I, I just would. got guff for no reason. <laughs> I would like to put Alien next. Uh, that's fine. I'm not gonna fucking... All right, there's Pennywise at three. Okay. We both have Annie Wilkes. We both have The Thing. We both have Mike Myers. Well, The Thing is number two for me, so we could move Thing there. Yeah. Well, there's two two six to me beats four or five. So you want to move The Thing up higher? Yeah, for number two. That works for me. See that? I'm a fucking good guy. Now I think we should do a little swaparoo. I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. Uh, let's see. Annie Wilkes, I've got it three. I got it at eight. Three, eight. Otherwise, it's Mike Myers at uh, 110. Yeah. So I think, th- what do you think? Three, eight or 110? I think 110, right? Over three, eight? Uh, technically, yeah. Yeah. One carries higher weight. All right. So where are we at now? How many we got left? That was number six. We got seven, eight, nine, and 10. Wow. I have my number two, Jack Torrance. Okay. Makes the list. Uh, And then I've got my number seven. I've got my three, Freddy Krueger. Oh. (laughs) Makes the list. (laughs) All right. I got my seven. Um, Yeah. looks like it's a flip because I got Leatherface at seven. Well, I put Alien before, so I'm going to (laughs) put. You're just going to put. Okay. I uh, really what's we're going to object to what's this. Your seven? What's your seven? Is the Invisible Man the Adrian, oh, yeah. oh, Adrian right. Griffin? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, Leather, Leatherface makes the list, though. Yes. Okay. At ten, and it's the oh, last at one. ten. That's fine. All right. All right. Let's make it happen. The top ten scariest villains in horror movies. Yeah. At number ten, Leatherface. At number nine, you know we did have one other commonality, which is Ooh. Get Out. Uh-oh, get out. We did it. So that was 9-10, right? Yeah. Ooh. So we'll just go ahead and erase Leatherface. Yeah, all right. That's fine. But get out family, though, since it's all. Right, right. All right. Here we go again. The top 10 scariest villains in horror films. Yeah, we made it this time. At number 10. The family from Get Out. At number 9. The Invisible Man. At number eight, Freddy Krueger. At number seven, Jack Torrance. 
At number six, Annie Wilkes. At number five, Michael Myers. At number four, Pennywise. At number three, Alien. At number two, The Thing. And our number one scariest villain in a horror movie is... Is Jaws. Yeah, there you go, Jaws. There it is. Nice choices. Nice choices. By us, damn it. Um, all right, that's our uh, show for today. Thank you all so much for listening to us. Top 10 uh, uh, horror, oh, villains in a horror movie. We appreciate it madly. Uh, please remember to tell us what you thought, what your feelings are. Or what did we miss? Which ones did we miss? I'm sure some of you will stump for the Babadook, for Black Phillip, for more. So for the, many to choose from. Yeah, there's so many. The Entity and It Follows. There's so many to mess around with. Yeah. Uh, but these were our our choices, our list. So hopefully uh, you guys enjoyed that. Um, Matt, what do we have to tell them? What else we got to tell them? Uh, follow the show at top 10 show. Um, head over to patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10 and uh, support us over there. And uh, if you'd like to on Instagram and uh, YouTube, it is forward slash the top 10 podcast with the number 10. So please come join us in the discussion at every one of those places. And you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nose. Check out Settle the Score. Uh, and that is it for me. All right, you can follow me at the Roku says on Twitter and on Instagram. Head on over to my uh, YouTube channel as well, youtube.com slash John Roca. I see all the stuff I'm doing there. Um, also, my other podcast, The Cinephiles and The Geek Buddies. Uh, but also, this show, this podcast, go to our Patreon. Go and be involved in the Patreon, patreon.com slash the top 10. Hey, this Delta thing's going crazy. We led the show talking about it. The numbers are going up. So people might be getting back in the house. If you're getting back in the house or you're, you know, Things are changing. Guess who's been giving you quality entertainment every week through the pandemic, multiple shows a week. Mm-hmm. That's the top 10. So how about supporting us financially, getting behind us, elevating our Patreon back to the levels that it was before during pre-COVID days. We were hitting the highs as we get ready to uh, get out on the road once uh, everything kind of settles down and we're in a more manageable situation. We can start traveling again. We'd love to have your support. So Please support us over there and see all the numerous tiers and benefits you get for being a supporter of the top 10 on the Patreon, patreon.com slash the top 10, number 10 there. All right. I think that's it. Thank you all so much. You guys are awesome. Take care of yourselves. Be well. We mean it. And uh, come and uh, hang out with us again on another brand new episode of the top 10. 